So we've been speaking more about the moon. Also, Yoreach Lemoyadim sings out the moon. He made the moon for the festivals. Shemesh Yot The sun knows where it is setting. The setting of the sun, as we've inferred, apart from other things, is a reference to the Golus, to exile, and the moon, which is in the sky during the darkness of the Golus itself. The sun hands over the reins to the moon, so to speak, as indeed Moshe, as represented by the sun, handed over the reins to Yehoshua to take the Jewish people in to Eretz Yisrael. Paradoxically, you'd think that Eretz Yisrael would be the end of the Golus, which it is, and yet somehow that's the moon. On Shabbos, when I was looking at the laning, I saw something which jumped out at me and I was so excited by this. This is incredible. It talks about right towards the end of Matis Masse. We've been speaking about the, the journeys of the Jewish people through the wilderness, 42 wanderings in order to try and get back to a proper relationship with God, turning back away from the sun towards God. A real diminution of the self, as we spoke about last time. And it lists the names of the princes who were to take the Jewish people in to the land of what was then Canaan and became Eretz Yisrael. And I saw one of the names, it says, Lamate Vinyamin, the tribe of Benjamin, Elidod ben Kisloin, Elidod the son of Kisloin. And my eyes alighted on a Balaturim. And it was unreal. Because who was this Nossi Elidod the son of Kisloin? He says it was Eldod. Eldod, who we came across weeks ago, Eldod and Medod, who were prophesying in the camp. And the lad either told Yoshua, who told Moshe, or the lad was Yoshua, goes and tells Moshe um, himself, might be Yoshua himself, tells Moshe, quick, quick, there are two men prophesying in the camp, Eldod and Medod, quick, um, cloim, uh, incarcerate them, finish them off, stop them prophesying. What was, the, what was the worry? What was the fear? So we know that what they were prophesying, say Chazal, was Moshe Mace Yoshua Machnes. That Moshe is going to die and Yoshua is going to take over. Yoshua, who has the Yud added to his name, a divine letter, is going to be the new leader. So of course, Yoshua says, oh, I can't, can't be that he, they can prophesy this. And Moshe says, no, 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 no. If only everybody was in, as insightful, if only everybody was a novi like that, it would be so fantastic. And he accepts the fact that was Eldod and Medod. Says the Balaturim, that's Elidod in yesterday's Sedra. Elidod, so why is the extra Yud? Because the Yud is that divine letter, just like it was given to Yeshua, that Yud representing the Nevoah, representing Hashem's word. And he... The one who prophesied that Moshe was going to pass and Yeshua would take over is the Nasi of Binyamin, in, of course, whose portion the Beis HaMikdash stood. The setting of the sun, Moshe, the rising of the moon, Yeshua, hinted to by that Yud in Elidod. It's the end of the road in terms of Moshe, the Midbar, the desert, the journeys, the exile, a new dawn, a new dawn of hope, and you have... This Yud, this little Yud, the spark of something very new. As we enter into Devorim, which is, of course, the same root as Midbar, the 
the same concepts. Just we're a different person each time. We've spoken before about the concept of shono, year, meaning being from the same root to change and to repeat. Because the same yomim tovim, moyadim, as fixed by the moon, come by each year. But if you're the, exactly the same person every year, there's something going wrong. Devorim is Mishnah Torah, a, re, a repeat, literally, of the Torah, but with its differences because you're a new person each time. It's the fifth book. It's the second time you're going to have a second set of luchos. And we also explained, as my Rebbe Ramosha explained, that the Mishnah in Tanis, which said there were five tragedies on Shivas of the Tamas and five on Tishabav, a goder miser, a goder miser. A fence on either side. Each five represents a hand of Hashem. The, two, the same hands which built the base of Megdosh that looked after the Jewish people are the two hands that caused the tragedies of Shiva Sabatamas and Tishabav. A fence on either side. And we're stuck in between. Bain Hamatsorim in the three weeks called Bain Hamatsorim in the straits. That phrase, God and Mizeva, God and Mizeva, of course, was applied to Bilon on the donkey. Called an osoin in the sedra, I know, but it's a chamoir. A chamoir is a donkey, but the word chamoir comes from chomris, which is physicality. Bilom saying, I've got mastery over the physical. He comes in riding over on this donkey. And he says that in between those two elements of darkness, the god there here and the god of the two fences, of course, it's darkness, it's gollas, it's exile, so I can go through that channel and curse the Jewish people. What he didn't realize is, of course, Moshiach, or maybe he did realize, Moshiach is described as Oniva Roichev al Khamor. Moshiach is, is spoken about as riding into town on a donkey. A Khamor because he has control over the physical, but not to his own desires, as Bilam was, but actually control, in other words, that you elevate it to a, an, uh, an, a spiritual level. The Bainam at that they found themselves in, and we find ourselves in, in the three weeks, that escaped from the Mitzorim of Mitzrayim and everything that had to offer, the freedom of all the desires that they wanted, into a midbar, an empty midbar, and everything was going great. They received the Torah, death had stopped and returned to Adam Rishon, but then the Egel Azov, Avoid Azara, a return to Mitzrayim, a return to the Mitzorim, and every single tragedy that we've ever had since then, I'm afraid to say, can link back to the fact that there was an Egel Azov and there were spies and the very fact that we don't have a temple anymore nowadays. It's all part of the same picture. God Eremizev, God Eremizev, and we're hemmed in in the middle. And in all of this, you've got the moon, Yoshua, who has taken over from Moshe as they go into Eretz Yisrael at the end of this journey. Chazal tells us something very strange in Pirkei Duvalis. You see, the, there's something called the Soid Ha'ibur, the secret of the Ibur, of the leap year. When you need to add another leap, another month to the year, and when you don't, it's handed from, from Tzaddik to Tzaddik, one person each generation. Soid Ha'ibur, only one person would have it. But Ibur, of course, means expecting, as in the moon is expecting as though there's another child that's born in the darkness of Golos, the darkness before the, the dawn, we know the morale says that the darkest part of the goddess is, of the night, sorry, is the bit just before it begins to get light. You can't see it's getting light, but it's there. Moshiach, that Ibur, that expected one, is born in the darkest time. That's the Soid Ibur. Very Kabbalistic concepts. So even if I would know more, I can't say more. That is very, very deep thing. A very deep thing. 
There's an incredible book called Holocaust Kingdom, written by Alexander Donatz. And he writes, and when he's in Majdanek, and some of you may have visited Majdanek, you can stand in field number four. Of course, even if you're there, you were never there. He was. And he says, if you go around the fields nowadays, they're all grass. They look like university campuses. But in those days, there was no grass, because firstly, where the clogs go, the grass don't grow. And if there was any grass, it would get eaten. There was one place where there was grass that was in between the barbed wire fences. He describes it as freedom, where they would be sent to weed. Take the weeds out. And of course, you could eat them. A bit more nourishment. It's crazy to think. That was freedom because no Nazi would dare hit you there because they were electrified, those fences. Freedom was in between the fences of the electrified different parts of the camp of Majdanek and indeed all the other concentration camps. Yes, it's Viktor Frankl who says it's how you react to the situation that you may not have control over what you were put to, but it's how you react to it that you've got control over. The freedom within, in between those fences. And then I had the most incredible thought. You see, yes, fences constrain you, but you know what? In the dark, they also stop you falling. And if you look at them from that Frankel point of view, it makes sense. And if the Godder, if the fence, as we said, is you Shivas of the on one side, Tish above on the other, and each one is God's hand, do it yourself. Put them out in front of you and you'll see something. If you've got one hand here and one hand there, what's in the middle? Your body. That means in the darkness, in the exile, with one hand here and one hand there, in the place that you think is totally darkness in that exile, that's God's body. That is where God is embracing you. And then you begin to see the light.